This is Ted Koine, co-author of World Gone Social, and you are listening to the App Guy Podcast. The App Guy Podcast. Straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy. Sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. The App Guy Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. It's me, your host, I'm Paul Kemp, and it's my job to go around and find the best people that we can to help you in your journey, you know, your entrepreneurial journey, whether you're an indie app developer, if you're working and you're currently uh, looking to aspire to be an apppreneur, then this is the podcast for you. And so I, I try to get the guests that can help us most. And today I've got someone who's going to really help us uh, because he's into a lot of different things. And it's Lee Lefevre. And well, primarily he is uh, with Common Craft. I believe you're the founder of Common Craft, Lee. So uh, welcome to the App Guy podcast. Thanks for having me, Paul. Perhaps you can give us a little bit of, uh, you know, in a minute or two, just uh, your background story, what led you to uh, create Common Craft and, uh, you know, what was the inspiration for that? Sure. Um, Common Craft was founded in 2003. Uh, At the time, it was a consulting company that focused on online communities. Um, I'd been an online community manager for a few years before that and was really passionate about what is now social media. Uh, at the time, it was online communities and social software and wikis and blogs and social networking working were becoming popular, but they weren't really being adopted as quickly as, as I thought they would be. Um, and I started to think that the, the, the thing that was holding them back, these new tools, wasn't maybe the normal things. It might not have, might not have been price. They were, they were free. They might not have been access. You know, they were all over the web. Um, design, engineering, all these things were factors, but the biggest factor that I saw was communication, that it was so early in their evolution that the people who knew enough about them to talk about them knew so much that they couldn't explain them in a form that anybody could understand. And that's when we got the idea in about 2006 or 2007, when YouTube started to get popular, to make videos with the explicit purpose of making these tools like RSS and blogs and wikis easy to understand in animated video form. And, and that's really where sort of Common Craft took off is once we started making videos. Well, I mean, first of all, Lee, congratulations for having just such a long career. I mean, you were well, at, <laughs> well ahead of the curve. I mean, there you were a community manager in 2001, 2002. And, and yep. then, uh, you know, you could see the explosion of video and you got ahead of the curve. What, what do you think that you um you ended up why you know why did you spot these trends and you could, you could figure it out early uh, i don't know I, that's a really good question um i think that the moment that i discovered the internet um my life sort of changed and i i really um saw it early on as a communication medium um and that, that really drove a lot of my interest in online communities and videos and things. Is I think that at, at heart, it's a communication medium. And I was sort of innately attracted to communication. That's something that I always feel like very comfortable in and fascinated with. Podcasting is a part of that even. Um, and I think that that interest in communication and having this new 
infinite source of inspiration and and interest in the internet is really what kind of drove me to to look at it so closely and be so excited about it. It was, it was just passion about it, I think, that made me um, try to think about what was next. So this is why it's really important to us to talk to you because we are the apps to try. We love apps. Apps were obviously a, a little bit later on in the cycle. I mean, we're talking really about the launch of the iPhone when it first became very popular to, to kind of get involved in apps. And one of the key things right now, the big problems for us, Lee, is the exp explaining uh, to users how to actually use the apps. They're, they've got to be uh, very easy to onboard customers, to onboard users a lot of stuff about user onboarding. How could, I mean, have you done any work in um, doing explainer videos for apps? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think, um, you know, th the way that our, our business works right now, just to back up a little bit, Common Craft is, um, has it changed a lot. Uh, and today we really are a service for educators. People, people become members of Common Craft to use the videos we've produced in, in educational situations. Um, that's a big part of what we do anyway. Um, so we have a library of videos that do touch on some mobile subjects. An example is augmented reality. Um, well, a lot of these videos are not about a specific product, but a concept. And <clears throat> our challenge with a lot of these explanations, and I think this is true with any particular app, is, is not so much how it works, but, but why I should care about it. And I think from the, the company's perspective, the developer's perspective, um, it's really easy to, to get sort of caught up into the in the features and how and actually how it works how you use it and that stuff is really important but um, what happens sometimes is we lose sight of what it feels like to be someone who is just discovering it and is asking questions like why does this exist like why does it make sense that this costs a dollar or is whatever it is um, and I think that's the sort of plane that we work on is why should I care and, and getting people over that hump hopefully primes them for signing up or for purchasing it or whatever it is. Yeah, because, uh, I mean, with the biggest challenge we've got is that people discover our apps on the App Store, and it's the first introduction to us, uh, you know, in terms of yep. our apps. And so... Uh, we it's not not like a website they have to actually go and um, it's very rare they'll, they'll read the uh, the blurb on the app store they'll just go and download it straight away and sure. then the i mean i've spoken to so many founders lee and most you know of these founders who have created apps said the biggest concern is that the users download install it and then just desperately want to get into the app and just mm -hmm. skip all that kind of instructions from the yeah. from the upset <laughs> and, yeah, uh, they totally. just, and then they get lost and then they uh you know go don't don't uh repeatedly go, go into it every day and and that's the end sure. of the uh user so have you got any advice for us to try and overcome that big hurdle you know i i wish i did um not not having worked on a lot of projects that focus on that um uh, you know, we're, we're we focus a lot more on the on the communication side, and I, I wish that the app stores did a better job of giving people resources that that appeal to them in terms of understanding that kind of thing. But that that impulse to kind of just get into the app as quickly as you can, I just don't know how to solve that problem. <laughs> um, well, 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 I guess we could, what we could do then. This is great because uh, we we. Um, I'm getting some ideas already just talking to you. Uh, maybe we challenge ourselves to get to these users before they experience our app. And the way to do that is through online, um, maybe a mobile responsive website. 
sure, where, sure. where they we can get to their, the, the users, we can educate them, we can maybe tempt them with the launch. And then so when they are ready for the launch, they're, they're probably a little bit more educated about what the purposes of the app and what, what's it they're meant to do. So yeah. maybe we could learn a lot from you in terms of the, the website and how others do it uh, in the form of website. Have you got any tips on that? Yeah, you know, um, one of the, the videos that we're known for is for Dropbox. Um, from about 2009 to 2012, the video that was on the front page of Dropbox.com was a video that we made with them. And that was a video on the homepage. There was very little information except for a, a play button and a download button. And they tested that over the years and and we're always you know they're a very data oriented company and that video converted better than anything else they could do because it was you know it was there for three years so i think the data kind of speaks to that but i think that that video was very little about how dropbox works and was really told the story of a person who was going on a trip and was trying to figure out how to reconcile where all the photos were going to be and how he would share photos on the trip and use dropbox to do that and um, <clears throat> I think that that was an example of Dropbox being a very simple app. You know, once it's installed, it just kind of works. You don't have to know a lot about it. But the hard part is when someone comes to Dropbox and is thinking, like, what is this thing I've been hearing about? Why should I care about this? Then a video, in that case, that doesn't step through the features, but it actually shows them, oh, I, you know, the big picture idea, I think, can prime them for clicking that button, you know, for downloading the app or for, in their case, signing up for Dropbox. So, Lee, here's my idea then. Uh, for all the apps to tribe listening right now who are struggling to launch their app or uh, to gain any traction, uh, what I think would be a great idea is to build the audience prior to the uh, launch of the app, either through Facebook or um, mm -hmm. like a lead capture, and take them to a page that's similar to what Dropbox were running, where you have an explainer video and a capture form. And the explainer video kind of goes through the reason for the app, the belief that the owners have, or whatever it is, you know, that, mm -hmm. that is going to appeal. And then capture the email, keep tempting them maybe with some sort of email marketing. And then on the launch day, you know, hit them with the install. And, and I'm sure that the retention rate uh, for those users would be much higher than if they were just cold. What do you think to that? I think it's a great idea. I, I do. I think that's um, you know pretty solid marketing device for for almost anything uh, these days to kind of build the audience first. I, I think it's so hard for a lot of app developers who um, you know know that the app store is where things happen and that that people make decisions there. And I think that it's it's sometimes hard to spend time and money on on marketing. And th those things do take time. Um, and for a lot of small app developers, I think it's a hard it's a hard thing to reconcile. But um, I do believe there's value there, and I certainly believe there's value in working on media of all kinds that can help people get it. Because if they get it, then that that's a whole that's a huge barrier to overcome. So, given that we're talking about apps, I mean, one of the things I love to ask is uh, uh, apps. What if you have a phone, a smartphone, and what are your uh, one or two most favorite apps where you feel that we may not have come across these before? Well, you know, one of the ones that I'm sure you've come across, but it, there's, uh, you know, it's one of the ones that I, I really like because it's, it, it works so well um, across platforms is uh, Wonderlist. 
um, with a W, W-U, Wunderlist. Um, uh, it's, it's become my to-do list for a couple of years now, and it really uh, it's, it does really great syncing across my phone and my computer and the iPad or wherever it is, even website, everything else. Um, and that's one of my favorites. Um, one of the ones that you probably haven't come across is um, a few years ago, uh, we renovated our house and installed a system called Control 4, which is a, a home automation system. And the Control 4 app is how I control the home, auto- home automation. So I can turn lights on and off. I can ch- change the climate. And I can basically oh. do everything <laughs> from the phone. And having that, having that ability to do control my house from the phone is really a magical thing to me that I, I'm really in love with. Lee, we, you're going to have to excuse me. We're going to have to go off on a tangent because I would love to come into your house and figure it, you know, <laughs> just experience what it's like to control your house with your phone. And <laughs> I've not heard of Control 4, but obviously we've heard a lot about, uh, you know, Google's purchase of Nest and the sure. home automation. So yep. please explain when you come home, what can you automate and how do you use your phone to control your house? Sure. Um, well, the way that it works is um, it's a Zigbee. Zigbee is the protocol. So that's what allows everything to talk to each other. And the light switches in our house are Zigbee mesh network protocol things. So like having switches all over our house means there's a, means there's a, ne- a mesh network in the house. So anything that can talk to that network can be controlled. And it's basically one big if-then-then-that the, if kind of programming interface for it. So we have door locks that have a code. So I can say, when someone, when someone puts in this code, turn these lights on, uh, play this music, put the shades up to no. halfway, um, <laughs> all these things just for this one code. Wow. Um, and I can also do that from my phone. I can say, enable this scene from my phone. So, um, I, you know, and that's true for music too. I can control the music. I do. That's what I usually use the app for is controlling the music in, in the phone, in the uh, in the app, um, but there's all there's all kinds of things. It's kind oh, of a never-ending I mean. list of things. Like uh, in terms of home automation-wise, for instance, we um, b- before we go to bed, there's one light switch where I can tap the bottom of the light switch twice, and that sets off a, a, a scene that just shuts all the lights down in the house. So I don't have to. I don't have to do that. <laughs> oh, Lee, I'm getting really jealous now because my wife constantly is like, have you turned the lights off downstairs and have to wander yeah. downstairs? And, uh, and you know, my biggest, um, I mean, here's an app idea. We love coming up with app ideas. And uh, my biggest, um, I guess, beef with uh, my wife is that she'll constantly, when we go away uh, anywhere, she'll ask the question, has she left her uh, hair tongues on? And uh we we always have to go back if it's like within <laughs> 10 15 minutes and i just can't you know like to, to be able to go on the fo- on my phone and sort that out would be just literally a, a gift uh, a real gift so <laughs> sure sure well i think that the you know this i got this a few years ago but i think that the internet of things ideas is huge and we're actually working on a video about that um and it's becoming cheaper i think google getting with nest nest doing a lot of interesting things even some of like the cisco's of the world are working on it microsoft um it's going to be something that i think is more prevalent and and cheaper too 
Yeah, it does feel like it's the natural evolution of where we are, given that, you know, we have these powerful devices in our hand. And uh, we've spoken some found- to some founders before on this show, Lee, where uh, they're, they're doing the automation of the car. They're plugging mm-hmm. into this, this, the uh, OBD2 port in the car and doing a load of really funky things. And uh, yeah, it just seems like uh, that, that's, that's an, a natural evolution of uh, using smartphones to integrate with your home. So I am... I would love to. I'm going to have to try and get one of those things. Control four and uh, <laughs> uh, does it work with if this then that the uh, website or the app? N- no, I don't think so. They have their own programming interface that is essentially um, sort of sort of object oriented thing to say if you know this light comes on, then you go to the other side, then do this thing. Um, uh, so they they have their own. It's sort of a a system that integrates with other things, like we use Rhapsody, for instance, for music. Um, but I don't know the extent to which it would use another programming interface. I think they rely on their own for oh, that. So is it an open source project? No, it's not. Okay, so we can't have uh, any of the, our apps to try going in and, and, and checking it out, checking out the code and trying to... Do did they, did they allow third-party uh, developers? They to- do. They have their own app store around the Control Force system. So there's like somebody's built like a Flickr app and things like that. Um, I actually haven't used that many because they're sort of, they don't integrate as tightly as I'd like. Um, and I don't use the system the way some people do like, but um, yeah, it's not something I've experimented a lot with on that side. Well, Lee, you've given a lot of people some interest there. So if you are listening to this and you're getting a little bit bored with the manual review process of Apple and you want to and you're getting bored of uh, not getting paid by Android, you know, because they never pay for any apps, then go and try this new app store. Uh, then, <laughs> I, I've never heard of it before, but it sounds like, uh, you know, we've had we've had um, uh, people like Mike McCallowitz who uh, just launched a book called uh, Profits First, and he talked about going uh, to where there could be an explosion of people, but being one of the first into the market. And, uh, you know, it could be somewhere where they, they could see a lot of demand. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, sure. that is uh, yeah, that is fantastic. I would love that. Anyway, I'm going to try and have a look at it for Amazon uh, later. So, Lee, uh, we are uh, also challenging you to come up with potentially an app idea. You've obviously come up with uh, a solution for um, a, a new app store. But uh, have mm-hmm. you ever thought of, uh, in, in your, your life, in your business life, personal life, uh, the, uh, of an app? And uh, would you be able to share your idea with us? Um, yeah, I, you know, I, we've had things that come and go. Um, you know, I think that the, a lot of the ideas that I've had have, have actually come pretty close to what I, what I was looking for. Um, so forgive me for not having an original idea necessarily, but one of the things that I believe is happening in the last couple of years is the democratization of animated videos. It's one of the last things that have not been democratized in online media. Um, and what, what does like, that mean then? Democratization well, of animated videos. <laughs> I know it's kind of a mouthful. So um, up to up to up until now, if you wanted an animated video, you had to hire a professional that used Pro Tool kind of things to make an animated video. Now you can use programs like or system or I should say websites like GoAnimate. Which is a Common Craft partner, full disclosure. Um, you can go to go animate and make an animated video with nothing but a web browser, and and that's not really been possible before. 
Um, and I think that uh, Adobe Voice is an example of an app that works on iPads that makes that process easy. And you can add a voiceover, you can move things around on the screen. And I think we're just starting to see what's possible with do-it-yourself animated video. And um, I, that's the kind of apps I want to see is, is giving people the ability to create something new in the, anima in the animation world uh, via an app. Well, that is a golden nugget there for anyone who's thinking of a new area. I mean, I am very uncreative when it comes to animation, but even I have downloaded an app and I'll, I'll, I can't remember the name of it, but I'll put it on our show notes at the end. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's a stop motion uh, app. So uh, I managed to uh, do a stop motion video. It took, oh, cool. uh, it took about four hours to, uh, <laughs> to do this thing. <laughs> Sure. I got really bored of it in the end, but uh, it was great because, you know, here I am just using my camera on my phone and, and doing yeah. a stop animation. And it was a very simple app to use. And, you know, it's getting me involved in that creative artwork. So uh, yeah. I can imagine, like, you know, where we're going with all these apps. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. What's the name of that app? Uh, you know, as I said, I can't remember the. Uh, oh, okay. I, let Sorry. me get. Uh, I've got my phone here. I will. Uh, uh, it's, it's really not a, not a huge deal. Um, I probably deleted it after wasting a it's worse than um candy crush for wasting your time because you do <laughs> but as i say i'll put it i'll I'll put it in show notes uh, afterwards so lee uh the, the really then your idea f for an app is potentially somewhere around the creation of uh, animated uh, videos and uh, yeah. almost like having a collaborative kind of effort as well because you know for that uh, what i would have liked is um, maybe a library of other uh, stop motion animations where I could then pull that into uh, my my own animation. Oh sure, yeah, definitely. Have definitely. you have you used the latest uh, YouTube? Because uh, I know that they're actually their latest app, the Upload uh, YouTube Capture, is very good. In fact, and uh, oh yeah, no, I haven't done that. Yeah, it does enable you to uh, edit the video and add music and do a lot of different things. Obviously, oh, right. I, yeah. So, oh, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, part of the reason I like like. You know, one of the things that we discovered with Common Craft was we may, we've had this library of videos, but we also our style is very consistent. So we end up having hundreds and of digital images that have appeared in our videos, um, and so now we actually license those those cutout what we call them cutouts. So um, you know, I'm speaking purely selfishly here, but part of the reason I want to see more of those apps is because we have the visuals that can easily go plug into those apps, so that people don't have to create the visuals; they just animate them. Um, so that's my selfish <laughs> reason for that. I'm always looking for more partners for that kind of thing. Yeah, well, there you go. Then. Certainly, you're speaking to the right audience. And, you know, in terms of the demand for this type of thing, let me just explain that I think one of the most popular apps, um, uh, maybe it was about a year or two ago, was something by Bad Robot, which enabled you to shoot a video and then put the Hollywood special effects in into the oh, video. Oh, that's right. I saw that, like huge explosions yeah. and things like that. So I blew, yeah, I, I love I, that. I blew, <laughs> I, I blew up my kids quite a few times and sent that to my um, mother-in-law. <laughs> she was very upset. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> yeah, it was just, it was a really popular uh, and it cl clearly people want to create on their phones. And, you know, I just, I was, I was blown away by literally pardon the pun, but I was blown away by the <laughs> fact that, uh, you know, for, with an iPhone, we can actually create literally what looked like Hollywood special effects that were better than some of the films in 2000. So. That's right. That's right. It's, it is amazing, isn't it? Uh, so how best can 
we help you. What what sort of uh, people, you know, what, what could you describe this sort of client base that use Common Craft and all the people that sign up to you? Uh, sure. Yeah. Give us an, a sense of uh, what type of people you're looking for to sign up. Sure, sure. Most in most cases, it's uh, it's educators of some sort who are often challenged with teaching technology and often internet kinds of subjects. So our video library is sixty five videos, most of which most of which are explanations of technology, whether it's big data or Twitter or APIs or uh, VPNs, things like that, that simply help people understand it from a big picture perspective. So if, uh, if there's people out there who, who need a way to quickly help someone get an idea, then that's what our videos are for. Um, and then our cutouts, which is the other side of the business, is our um, – it's visuals. Anything that, needs a vi- anything that needs visuals, we have over, over 1,600 cutouts that are downloadable individually or through membership. So yeah, anyone um, anyone looking to educate their audience uh, can come into your database of videos and uh, grab a video that would explain APIs or explain big data or the cloud, and then mm-hmm. they could drop that into their website. That means yeah. that people, uh, they get over that hurdle of having to explain that themselves. That's right. That's right. And, and who contributes to all those videos? Are you making those yourself? Yeah, we, we make all the videos ourselves. Right. They're all all common craft. Great. Well, it sounds like just a fantastic. Where do you see your, um, the business going over the, in the future? Where where's the the kind of trajectory of uh, common craft? Sure. Yeah. You know, I think that we're we're, we're going to keep making videos. We've made about a video a month for years, and we're going to continue to grow our library there and look for. You know, a lot of our business is actually schools and school districts and universities. Um, who use them in teaching, uh, so more, more of that. But I think that the, the cutouts are, are really exciting for us because we uh, believe that you know we're becoming a more visually oriented world, uh, whether it's our presentations or our videos or whatever it is, and we would love for Common Craft cutouts to be a sort of standard visual language for explaining things. Um, and there's some, there's some depth there that is not really obvious. Like our, our people don't have faces, and our our computers and phones are not any kind of branded thing. It's just a symbol. And I think that Common Craft cutouts have a way of keeping the focus on the ideas instead of the people in the video. Um, so I could talk about that more, but that I'll leave it at that for now. <laughs> yeah, well, I was going to say, how do you know which videos to create once a month? Uh, you know, Common Craft members have a way inside the membership to suggest and vote on video titles. So uh, we have an ongoing list of titles they would like us to add to the library. Uh, and so I guess the, the thing to tell people is that we um, to it's actually very easy to Google. You just go to Common Craft and uh, Google comes up. It's commoncraft.com. And... Uh, uh, I, I encourage everyone listening who uh, wants to uh, sign up, go and ch- check it out. Uh, I appreciate that. Yeah, Lee, how, <laughs> how else? I mean, it's just so inspirational. I can talk to you for a long time and uh, we've got to bring this to an end, unfortunately. But how can best sure. pe- how can people best uh, get in touch with you and uh, connect? Uh, you know, I'm Lee Lefevre, my name on Twitter. Um, I, I, I look at that all the time. Uh, through our website at commoncraft.com. There's a contact form there and lots more information. Um, gosh, there's probably lots of other places too, but those are probably the big ones. Great. Well, Lee, it's just been a, an absolute pleasure. I mean, what I love about this podcast is that sometimes I just don't know where it's going to go. And 
uh, I can. I think we've touched on a lot of things that uh, potentially will be very impactful in the future, uh, especially the home automation and then uh, the fact that there's this explosion of, uh, and the, the phrase that I've learned tonight is uh, democratization of uh, animation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe not so explanatory as I like to. <laughs> Yeah. like it to be but <laughs> and when you venture into uh, potentially coming up with a fantastic app idea and you want to um, help on that then just come back to our community and we'd love to help you out i appreciate that thanks paul great well thanks for joining us on the app guide podcast and uh, we'll hope to hear from you soon thanks cheers thank you for listening to this podcast stay tuned for the next episode if you want to be a guest on the show or suggest someone, then please send an email to info at onemob.com. The App Guy Podcast. 